Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Well, hello everyone again. I'm Mike Cleveland. My wife Jody is here with me for a podcast on love, a love podcast. Jody, thanks for joining me on this. Oh, it's so wonderful to be talking together about love because uh, we have learned from uh, Christ what love is. We have learned how to love each other in truth. We're no longer living in the false ideas that we used to have, right? Um, when you and I first met, we did not know what real love was, did we? We really didn't. We were living for ourselves, and we were in need of rescuing love. Yeah. And so, therefore, we couldn't really love you know, each other in a godly way. We were simply people that we're trying to find love ourselves. Uh, and, you know, that never works, and that's the way the world presents love. Hollywood and romance novels all present love as someone who's going to rescue you. Right. Uh, and someone who will take you into the wild blue yonder, and you'll live happily ever after. Right. Um, what the reality is, is like we closed our last podcast with, is that Christ found his bride, not at all like Adam found his but rather his bride was in sin and he basically loved us out of our sin. He died for us to love us out of our sin. Yeah, he found us dead in sins and trespasses and he actually loved us to life, right? That is just so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing in us that would make us attractive to him. We didn't, you know, a lot of people like to believe that, um, you know, uh, God looked through time and he saw that we were going to be worthy of his love, right? Right? Um, or that, that we were going to choose him, right? We were going to be smart and choose him, so he chose us. Mm-mm. And it's just not true. Um, we were born dead in our sins and trespasses. There was nothing about us that would be desirable to God, who was perfect and holy and blameless, right? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Um, because in, I believe it's Isaiah, the beginning parts, it says he found us kicking in our blood. Now, what's that a reference to? It's a reference to our rebellion at a young age, Mm. right? We're kicking against him in our blood, having just been born, you know? And so we're rebelling, rebelling from youth. This is the picture of human life as it really is. Rebelling against God. And so Jesus found us. Um, kicking in our blood and he came and shed his own blood gave up his own blood to rescue us from that i know to take us out of it it's shocking or or naked in sin and so he gave up his own self to clothe us he did laid down his own righteousness became sin for us that we might be clothed in the righteous robes of christ it's beautiful it's powerful it's life transforming Today, we want to see that instead of looking for someone to save and rescue us, you know, some human being, um, we need to see it from a biblical point of view. And so we actually have a story today, don't we, Jody, to, we do. to read and to talk about. Let's do that. Can you take it from, the, from here? 
Yeah, well, um, uh, yeah, I think that, um, like Mike said, that we have these ideas that love is um, someone doing for us, right? Um, or that we will love someone else because of how they love us, right? But the Bible tells us that um, the cross is how we know what love is. So Jesus gave up his life. And as we look to the cross, we learn to give up our lives for one another, right? Well, in the story of, or in the book, I should say, the book of Philemon, we read the story of a man who shows love to another, and that love is life-giving and healing in so many ways. And um, so we're going to share that story. And it's a very interesting story because it's very easy. We could have used the story of like um, Hosea and Gomer uh, where this is a man loving his wife um, and restoring her sacrificially. But this is um, not a husband and wife. This is Paul and Onesimus. And Onesimus was um, a slave who had um, done something wrong. Uh, at the very least, he had run away from his master, which was against the law. But uh, the theory is perhaps he stole as well. And um, uh, Onesimus, it's possible, ends up in prison, and that's where he meets Paul. The interesting thing about Onesimus is he is the lowest of the low in society. He has no power. He is nothing he he has no standing there is nothing that he can do for anybody he can't even do anything for himself in fact if philemon wanted philemon could have onesimus put to death because of what of his offense of what he's done he's he's broken the law it's a criminal offense so philemon has the right to put onesimus to death and, and this is really what we're saying is this is where we're at when Christ found us. Yes. And, and this is where we need to see ourselves runaway thieves, right? We turned our back on God. Our master ran from him, stole from him, took from him our physical life and said, thanks and we're going to do whatever we want with this. It's now ours. Right. Uh, we have no accountability to you and we are going to live any way we please and thanks very much for our physical lives. And we ran from God. Right. And the law is against us. Right. The law is against us. It says you deserve death. So hello, my name is Onesimus. Right. Uh, I am this slave. You are this slave. All of us are born as this slave who has broken the law, who is imprisoned, who is worthy of death. This is our, our, our standing. This is who we are by birth. Right. That's exactly right. And yet we have a mediator. We do. We have one to intercede for us. And we see it. I'm just going to jump down to verse 10, kind of start from there. Yeah. But Paul steps up and writes to the slave's master. Right. And he appeals to him. He says, I'm appealing to you for my son, Onesimus. Wait a minute. My son? I thought he was a thief. I, I thought he was someone who stole and ran away this no good, you know, so-and-so that ended up in prison. Right. No, he's my son. Right. He says, he became my son. Well, I was in chains, so apparently Paul had given the gospel to Philemon. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Onesimus. Right. 
Onesimus heard it and received forgiveness for his sins. Mm-hmm. He's going to say what uh, Onesimus was formerly. Formerly, he was useless to you. Now, Jody, this is a play on words. It really is. Because the word Onesimus means useful. <laughs> but see, it's like us. When we disobeyed God and ran from him and rebelled against him, we became useless. Mm-hmm. Formerly, he was useless. Here we are in sin, all wrapped up around ourselves, right. living life for us, mm. not caring about other people. And what are we? We're useless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that Onesimus, useful, was useless to you. But now he's become Onesimus. Yeah. Now right. he's become useful. Right. Both to you and to me. Yes. Yes, I love that. Paul is um, has shared the gospel with Onesimus. Onesimus has received it and been transformed. And this is what happens to each one of us. We look to the cross of Christ. We see the love of Jesus poured out for us. We see God's love for us. And we receive the sacrifice that's been made for us. And it changes us from being useless, nobodies, to being useful sons and daughters of God, right? That's exactly right. And now let's bring in where the love comes from in oh, verse 12. So this, beautiful. This intercessor, the Apostle Paul, who has written two-thirds of the New Testament, right. who's been used by God to plant churches all over, mm. he's saying, Paul says in verse 12, I'm sending him, Onesimus, who is my very heart, oh. back to you. Yeah. Wait a minute. He's my very heart? This gives us a little clue of how Jesus feels about us. Mm. It tells us that he's not reminding us of our past and keeping us at arm's length. He's showing us that we are his very heart. His heart beats for us. On the cross, his heart bled for us. Right now, his his arms are open to you. If you've run away and stolen from God, been disobedient, been kicking in your blood, the heart of Jesus was opened on the cross for you, yes. and his heart loves you now. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? It really is. Yeah, he said, I would have liked to keep him with me. And I love that. Paul's in chains for the gospel, and Onesimus was someone who was a comfort to him. It's so um, beautiful to see that this slave, this rebellious slave, was so transformed by the gospel. That's why Paul was in chains, right? He's so transformed by the gospel that he is a comfort to this minister of the gospel. Mm. Come on. That is amazing that is shocking the transformation i would love to have kept him here with me right i want to keep him i love him (laughs) but but he goes on but i did not want to do anything without your consent so he's saying i'm going to sacrifice what i want philemon because i love you out of love for you i give up my comfort I give up what has blessed me and encouraged me in prison while I'm in chains for the gospel. I, I give up for you, Philemon, who is wealthy and living in a nice home and has other slaves and servants. I give up 
Onesimus to you because I didn't want to take anything from you without your consent. What? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about sacrifice. Talk about love. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, And he says, perhaps the reason Onesimus was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. Think about something. Maybe one of the reasons why the prodigal son was separated from the father was that his heart might be changed, that he might see the futility of sin, and that he might be with the father forever, because wherever else do I have to go? Right? Right? And think about us having rebelled against God, maybe I was involved in pornography and gluttony and overeating and and over drinking and gambling. Maybe I was that for a little while so that I might belong to Jesus forever. Yes. If you're listening to this and saying, why did I do that? Why did I go out into sin? Well, maybe you did it for a little while that you might belong to Jesus forever. Yes. Yes. Verse 15, right? Yes. No longer as a slave. Look, when Jesus purchases us and takes us back to himself, we lose our past. We do. We lose our past identity. Right. I'm free. I'm no longer a slave. Right. I'm no longer engaged in in sinful behavior. I'm no longer what I used to be. Yeah. Our identity changes. I'm a son, not a slave. Right, right. And this is so important because um, when we when we realize uh, that what we've done, right? When we we come back to our senses, like the prodigal son did, right? And we return to the father. We are just so sad for what we've lost. There is so much pain. There is so much regret. There is so much sadness associated with that. And it doesn't matter what your sin struggle was. Maybe you were never, maybe you were never in an, um, uh, someone who stole or, or drank or, or, or did drugs or any of those kinds of things. Maybe you were just like Paul, a super religious zealot who, who was very, very well behaved and, and, you know, you followed the rules and you were super good, you know, but you weren't, you were depending on yourself. You were looking at your self-righteousness. That's what Paul did, right? And he was the one, right, who said, forgetting what is behind, I press on, right? So I'm not going to, everything in my past, all that religious stuff that I did, and, or if you're the prodigal son, like him, all the, the horrible things you did, all the wasting and squandering you did, you forget all that. That's not who you are anymore. You separate yourself from that identity, and now you have a new identity. And that that identity is stated in in three words here. They're all the same, and I want to read them and see if you can pick out which word, how Jesus, how God views you now. Okay, you're going to receive him back, verse 16, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you. Are you getting the concept of what you are now? You used to be a slave. You have a past that's sinful. What are you now, Jody? Dear. 
right? Very this dear. word is an intimate term. It is. This word is a term of affection, right. of a heart that loves you, mm. of a heart that says, you are dear to me. You are dear to me. <laughs> <laughs> you are dear to me, too. Um, we are both dear to, to Jesus, God, right? Yes. Jesus loves us. For God, it didn't say, for God loved the world. Right. That's not what it says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus so loves us that he gave himself for us. Why? We are dear to him. We are. We're close. We're one right. with him. We're intimate. Term of affection. Right. You are so dear to me. Look at the difference. A hated slave becomes a dear son. Right. Becomes a dear brother. brother. Right. Right. There's a term of family closeness now. Right. That we have. Jesus is our elder brother. Mm-hmm. We are in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's better than being a slave, isn't it? It is. And I love the equality that true love, gospel love brings because he says, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So there's this removal uh, I mean, legally, according to the society, right? Onesimus is still a slave and he is owned by Philemon. But Paul says in the gospel, in Jesus, in the love of the gospel, he is not a slave. He is a fellow man. So there's equality there. He's a fellow man and a dear brother. So he's, he's reorienting Philemon's thinking, which is what the gospel does to all of us, mm. right? We no longer see ourselves above other people anymore. Now there is this, we're all in this together, literally. Mm. We are all in this, in Christ, equal, together. There is a brotherhood, a sisterhood that happens. Well, that very thought is carried on in verse 17. Paul, the apostle of all the churches, Paul, the writer of the New Testament, Paul, the establisher of all the churches, Mm -hmm. writes to Philemon and says, so if you consider me a partner, well, my goodness, I certainly do. He's the (laughs) apostle Paul. Welcome this slave. Welcome this one who stole from you. Welcome him as you would welcome me. Right. What? Right. Welcome this slave as you would the apostle? Well, the slave who has stolen from me, the slave who has run away from me, right? The, the slave who has done wrong, the slave who deserves death, receive him back. I mean, this is a huge offense. Philemon would lose um, his, uh, you know, like how people look at you and judge you based on how you treat other people, right? And so when you're in a position of power, uh, and you don't exert your power against someone who, who does wrong, you look, what, weak, weak. right? People think, oh, you're a weak person. You, 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 didn't, you didn't do what you should have done. You need to, by force, you need to show them who's boss or they'll take advantage right. of you. That's the religion of Islam uh, right? right there. Or, or, you know. The strongest horse survives. The survival of the fittest, right? right? You know, it's the worldly mindset. And so to be able to say here, Receive him as you would receive me, me, your, your equal, you know, in society, if not more so. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ speaking to God the Father about you right yes. now. Yes. He says to God the Father, if you consider me an equal, welcome this sinner 
as you would welcome me. And Jesus, having gone to the cross, opened up all of heaven for all sinners to come in and be welcomed as if they were Christ himself, to go waltzing through the gates of heaven with the righteousness of Jesus on us, to come in and be half the the arms of God wide open, welcoming us. We receive, as Paul said to the Thessalonians, a rich welcome into the kingdom of God as if we were Christ himself himself right accepted in the beloved um, boldly entering the throne of grace right boldly yeah i belong here isn't that amazing verse 18 says paul writes if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything well get it back from him no 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 no, no. that's not what it says oh no what does it say charge it to me charge it to me that's what jesus says to us too right? Charge it to me. He looks at God the Father and he says, see all these sinners and all that they've done? Put that to my account. Mm. Charge it to me. Make it as if I had done their sinning. That's what they, you know, before the foundations of the world, that's what they had that agreement. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. What does verse 19 say? 19. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. And here he says, I'll take on the debt of another and pay it. Yes. I'll assume something that I don't owe and pay it off as if I did. I will pay another's debt. And here we have the gospel of Jesus Christ set before our eyes in living color. Jesus said to the Father, whatever they owe, I will pay. I don't owe anything because I've never sinned, but I'm taking it onto my account, into my bank account, as if I owed their debt. And he went to the cross, and the wages of sin is death, and he paid those wages, though he didn't owe them. He paid the wages of your sin so that you no longer owe. You want to know why you can live forever? You have no debt of sin to pay. The wages of sin is death. You don't owe that anymore. You can live forever by putting faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus took your debt. He paid it back in full. You owe nothing. All right. And this is why Paul believed that fully, right? And this is why he could say, charge it to me, right? Paul knew the abundance that he had in Jesus. He understood the love and the forgiveness that he had received. And that made him generous, so generous that he was not only willing to take an offense himself, he was willing to absorb somebody else's offense. That is fantastic. And it's exactly, it's exactly what 1 John 3, 16 is talking about, where it says, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life. So brothers and sisters, you are also to lay down your lives for each other. This is what Paul's doing. He's laying down his life. He's paving the road for Onesimus to go back and be restored to his family now, not just the home of service. He's going back to his family. Oh, come on. (laughs) If you can't be happy about this, if you can't know what love is by reading this story, just willfully blind. I mean, because that is, it's just such a beautiful display. It's a, it's a display of the gospel. It It, is. And that's what each um, individual Christian is called to do in their lives. 
we are called to pay off the debt of another. Yes. Whether literally, and if we have the financial resources to pay it off literally, but certainly spiritually to those who have sinned against us. Yes. We are called to forgive and to forgive freely, even though there's going to be a cost involved at that. How can we do it? Just like you said, we have received the forgiveness of our own sins. We aren't those who walk around with a heavy debt of sin on our shoulders. It's been paid off. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lifted up. I heard my feet don't touch the ground. I'm lifted up because I have nothing weighing me down anymore. My sins are forgiven. And if you're listening to us today and you know that you need to forgive, but you've not been able to, Go to the cross mm, and see yes. Jesus taking your debt on himself and paying it in full, laying down his life. And maybe you would want to take up a computer and write to that person who sinned against you and say, I freely forgive you. I have not maybe been forgiven myself, so of course I couldn't forgive you. But I see now that I have no debt to pay I see now that my sins are forgiven, and therefore I freely extend forgiveness to you. Now, understand something at this point. Yeah. Understand what forgiveness means. Mm, it's important. And what the effects of it will be. What it means is, I'm no longer going to remember your wrongs against me, and the effects of it are, you and I will fellowship again. You see, the world says if they can bring themselves to say the words, I forgive you, what they're saying is, but I never want to see you again. Right. Now, is that the kind of forgiveness that God extends to you and me, Jody? No, it's not. He says, I forgive you. I want to have a relationship with you. I am forgiving you so that we can be reconciled, so that we can be restored. And you see that in this story so perfectly because, and, and I think this is an important point, is that forgiveness is not just saying, um, you know, I, I forgive you, but I'm going to hold it a grudge forever. You know, you know, you've bitten me once. I'm never going to get near you again. Right. And that's not what forgiveness is. And forgiveness is not just shoving something under the rug. Philemon is not having to do that. Right. Paul is bringing everything out in the open. He's he's openly admitting that Onesimus used to be useless. He used to he did wrong. OK, but not anymore. Things have changed. Onesimus has been changed. He's being sent back a different person, and Philemon should receive him as a different person. And so, you know, there's this, this understanding that the gospel changes everything. Jesus changes everything. So, yes, you know, in our former uh, life, you know, earlier in our marriage, before we were uh, walking worthy of the gospel before we understood what it meant to be forgiven and loved by Jesus, we would hold things against each other and treat each other according to our sins, right? And there would be, you know, cold shouldering and withdrawal and and we would eventually come back together. But there was always this little niggly thing in the back of our minds waiting for the opportunity for that to be brought out as ammo, right? You know, against each other. And it's so sad to think about that. But we can talk about it honestly now because we have been healed by the gospel. Now, when um, offenses happen, and of course they do because we're humans, right? Um, and we have a flesh that is weak. 
Now the gospel triumphs. The gospel overcomes our flesh. And the gospel enables us to live in love with each other and to forgive each other. And that forgiveness that is that we have in the gospel is healing. It restores relationship. Now it washes away the offense so that we can walk in love with each other so that we don't remember wrongs against each other. You know, it's just this beautiful, wonderful, powerful type of love. Almost, you know, like in the, in the spirit of C.S. Lewis, magical. You know, where it transforms our world, it transforms our experience, transforms our relationship, it transforms our lives down to the very core of who we are. So now we live with each other differently. There is love that says, I will not treat you according to your sins. Love and forgiveness that says, I will serve you. I will lay down my life. I will pay that debt. Because tomorrow you're probably going to have to pay mine. You know, that's just how it works in real life. And um, I just love seeing this display, this story form of what God is showing us through the gospel. I love that. Jody, I could listen to that all day. Right. All day long. But we've got to bring it to a conclusion. And what I want to do in their few concluding minutes Mm -hmm. is think for a minute about singles. Yeah. Next week is Valentine's Day. Um, We've just discussed two singles and possibly more. Paul and Onesimus were both single. Does it seem like they were missing out on love? They were experiencing it to the full. And so think about for a minute maybe a widow or a widower. Um, They would have a tendency to live in the past in what used to be, Mm -hmm. in the love that I once shared. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about one who's never been married and and they're thinking of what they wish they could have, Mm -hmm. what could be. Mm -hmm. Um, How can this passage speak to each one of those? What are your thoughts on that? Right, well, and it speaks to all of us, but the beauty is that we all have Christ who is our eternal spouse, our eternal husband, who loves us perfectly every day of our lives and beyond. For eternity, it says eternally. He's given us eternal life. We can't grasp that with our finite minds because we live inside of time. But there is this perfection. So, you know, uh, our, our spouse who's died, well, they were lovely, but they were human, right? We may have loved them deep, deeply, but they weren't perfect. So we don't want to um, idolize, yeah, that's the mm-hmm. word, idolize them and, and forever be looking back to what we once had. We want to look forward. We want to look to Christ and his cross and say, yes, I am loved today. Not I was loved. I am loved. I am loved richly by my eternal spouse. And for those who've never been married, I am loved. I am married to Christ eternally. Once I've put my faith in him, I have a union that is perfection, right, with Christ. And yes, God may give me a spouse. And if he does, I pray that he will help me to love that person uh, in spirit and in truth. But right now, 
I am loved. And I am not loved with a fallible, you know, human love. I'm loved eternally with a perfect sacrificial love. And that love fills me up. And it enables me to love others like Paul loved Onesimus. And like Onesimus clearly loved Paul back. I mean, Paul found him to be comforting. So there was this brotherhood, this sharpening each other, this building each other up, this edifying relationship that was very fulfilling. Jody, I feel like the luckiest man in the world to be married to you. Luck has nothing to do with it. We don't believe in luck, but it is the fact that I get to experience the love that God has poured into you, and it always overflows like this to me. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. I love you too. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.